Welcome to Tales for Teaching, a podcast where we explore stories with purpose in higher education. We'll share expert insights, engaging interviews and thought-provoking discussions that will inspire your teaching. On behalf of Deakin University, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the unceded lands and waterways on which you are located. I acknowledge the Wadawurrung people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional owners on which this podcast was recorded, and I pay my respects to Elders past, present and future. My name is Joan Sutherland and this is Tales for Teaching, brought to you by Deakin Learning Futures. Welcome to today's podcast on immersive learning to teach threshold concept. Today I am joined by Associate Professor Toya Chinkwe, who will be talking about their journey and how they've implemented immersive learning practices to teach threshold concepts. Welcome, Toya. How are you today? I'm well, Joan. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. So just to get started, I'd just like to introduce yourself and what you actually teach. Thanks. I'm, uh, I, I teach in communications, um, in digital media specifically, and I look at the digital affordances of the technologies and I'm interested critically in all the good and all the bad and all the shades in between. And I am keen to know what drives the technologies, the user engagement, and this is what I teach and this is what I research. And I also, you know, advocate for more knowledge and digital literacy in and around the technology. And when you say you teach digital media, is that for um, educators or is it a particular stream that you teach for? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, I teach digital digital media units in the Bachelor of Communication and uh, my threshold concept and, and the work um, that I'm doing at the moment came out of unit development. I was a course coordinator for the communication stream when we were transitioning to a new suite of programs and so there was the need to set up new content and engage with stakeholders in industry communications is changing all the time we've got people that work in the field Mm. relations in journalism and using communication for all all realms of, of work practice and it was really important to stay up to date with what was happening and I'm really interested in the technology and how it's being used and this is not what we call um a, a means to see technology as solving all our problems mm-hmm. it's not saying that technology is the utopian ideal to strive for mm-hmm. but how is it used and how can we critically think about you know best practice I guess is a way of saying it. So I teach undergraduate units. Um, I also have um, HDR students Mm -hmm. doing PhD in the area in some fascinating um, fields. I was um, supervising a student this morning that's doing synthetic ornithology and they're getting all the data, scraping it themselves, putting it through a system to generate birdsong to think about speculative climate futures. I mean, how cool as a project yeah so, some terrific things to apply the technology in creative ways yeah as as, you know the, the typical you know how do we make sense of the world around us through the data that we collect and curate and share it's really interesting how you put it how do you make sense of the world around you and use technology I suppose to help you do that so you mentioned that you created this as a new unit um, and looked at different technology to evaluate and what you're actually teaching through. How do you choose what technology is the best technology to teach? 
That's that's a great question. So there are so many technologies that yeah. are available. And I quickly needed to temper my love for, I guess, computing and information technology to say students are not doing a computer science degree in my degree. However, mm-hmm. it's really interesting to have the capacity to look at some of the tools that can gather data to make sense of something that you're really interested mm. in. And this doesn't have to be, um, you know, something about spreadsheets or finance, although it can work really well. So the course that I teach in goes draws students in um, taking communication digital media units as electives um, across um, business and law. We've had students from real estate, one from zoology, um, to others that are studying um, criminology and and subjects in in, in social science and humanities. Um, We also have IT students as well. So having um, a unit um, that, that looks at this notion of quantified media and how we put it all together and what do we use through the lens of communication and media technology is important. So there's a little bit of the IT, what we call data scraping, to Mm -hmm. get data to make sense of an important issue or a topic that a student might be interested in researching. But And and that works really well increasingly for the likes of um, media journalism and public relations advertising where you need to know you know what is topical what are the trends at the moment uh what are people saying so you know mm-hmm. that that sentiment analysis is really important but then also looking creatively at the technologies for things like exploring ideas creatively through particular technologies this can be a video essay for example or something like the threshold concept film where we can say how do we unpack a particular topic in a way to share it that's immersive mm-hmm. i've also worked with augmented reality and one of my research projects that I drew on for the Threshold Concept film was the idea of communicating science and how do we use science to look after environment. And one of the examples was a little augmented frog that um, I've got that's in a project for school students to teach them about science. And the idea is that um, typically you wouldn't take little kids out to a lake and say, splash around and look for a frog, could be dangerous. Could be a bit dangerous. Possibly a little. So the idea is to have this augmented frog that the students can see on their phone and they can still go outside, be in a space in situ, as we'd say, and they would have, you know, a field, for example, they might see water in a distance, but they can use their phone and they can hold up their little froggy and they can hear the sound of the actual frog and then that could lead to discussion with teachers or where do we think we'd find it, what does it eat? And it's also important thinking about our environment from the point that we don't want people trampling around on some of the very delicate orchids. So how can we use technology to show people what is the best uh, features where to find it. And and they might also see it in its actual environment through the screen. So using the screen is a really useful way to discuss the technology in media communication units for various topics. I could see that and engage with different topics that you wouldn't necessarily be able to see. So you talked about the threshold concept film. Can you touch on that a little bit more and expand on uh, what you meant by the threshold concept film and what was actually created? Yes, absolutely. So in part of the new suite, um, I'm always conscious to take feedback informally as well as use the evaluate data. And students would comment on how does this 
how do topics all fit together? And I wanted a way to bring the key topics together. So a unit like media ecologies is one that is about the media that we use in everyday life, and it goes across our telecommunications network, the implications of using the communication technologies for surveillance and privacy of individuals, how we collect and curate information, what we've lost in the process, how we move away from what we call legacy media. So the analog forms of our news Music, records, cassette tapes, uh, movies as, as in a film canister, for example, photographs using mm. cameras and having your film developed and moving from that analog technology to the digital realm where everything is just a series of zero and one digits. But that's not the, 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 the end of it. More increasingly, the conversation needs to turn to the fact that so much of the technology that we now use draws from our natural resources. We're mining, which has implications for the environment. We're using more power that has implications for our environment. And similarly too, we might be going into spaces, a natural environment that typically we didn't. And can technology be used in a way uh, to, 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 um, have balance so as much as we're looking at the technology I wanted the students to think about what the implications are so in a unit like media ecologies there's a lot to unpack and so we would look at this introduction to what does a media ecology mean and it's drawn from this notion of the science it's not my term um, Matthew Fuller and others have used this term of media ecology and it comes from a long tradition going through Donna Haraway for example um, Guattari um, who talks about um, the three ecologies and it, it takes a macro perspective to say all these things that we do using our phone watching film entertained in our every life, everyday life, working on computers, etc. How does that form a culture, for example, just like in science, like a culture meeting? Mm. And how are they all connected to each other? And so this idea of a media ecology was a good descriptor for that. And we unpack things like the media ecology, um, archaeology. So it's like sedimental layers of how we move from one technology to another and how we adopt, adapt it. So, for example, the telephone was originally conceived as something that might be used to deliver opera and music into people's home, not unlike a radio. Consumers said, you know what, no, we're not going to use the technology in that way, and it was adapted. Similarly, the mobile phone was initially thought to be something that would be of a great advantage to, say, tradespeople that could uh, take calls on the go and not be tethered to a wired mm. device. And of course, we can see how mainstream media and our children have these devices. So it's, it's very much the interplay of the development of technology and how consumers take it up. And unpacking the sedimentary layers, what we call a media ecology, to think about how we've now emerged with newer forms and we continue through the future of the media is something that I hope students will develop uh, an understanding of. And through that, we look to the steps for an ecosophy of media, so appreciating the impact, the footprint that the media has, the context of are we living in an Anthropocene and what that means. So again, what footprint is, is, is the human leaving? We have authors that um, have written on next natures and biomedia, for example, but it's important mm -hmm. to think of the way First Nations people understand data and their media as well in this space, this media scape of ubiquitous computing. And so some of the key concepts of thinking about all of that 
can be around convergence, compression technology, digitization, globalization, and these are processes. Mm. And so these are some of the threshold concepts that I thought would be helpful for students for unpacking their reading and, and the content um, each week. And so part of the content, I've got weekly discussion and I set up a, a study guide for the students to step them through these topics. And um, as well as having the threshold concept film, I've got, uh, I set up a data lab to bring them in to, to workshop with the data to say how, how we're using this, how we're doing our assignments in this way. And again, the feedback is around the threshold concept film has been that being able to see the topic um, rather than mm -hmm. just reading about it or rather than just hearing about it. We have people that learn in different ways has been um, a, 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 an advantage. So developing the threshold film, you know, within seven minutes um, yeah. has been a terrific Terrific experience. Experience. And now that's a 360-degree film. Yes, you're right. And it's in our Nile studio, which um, for the listeners aren't familiar with the Nile studio, can you um, elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So being interested in um, technologies and screen technologies, uh, I was looking for, you know, I'm constantly looking at, you know, what is something, you know, what are, what are the tools that we're using every mm. day? How can that be applied in a teaching situation to either enhance the learning or to offer skills, you know, the practical skills that, that um, learners might need? And within the Nile, it afforded, as soon as I saw, I thought this is going to be great for, for communicating um, the, the important ideas and showcasing some, some of these ideas ideas and these threshold concepts uh, through film. And so I was keen to make something um, and bring the students to it. So you're right, it, it, it's a, a way to offer a film in 360 in the round, and we call that being immersed in it. So you have the sound and you feel like you are within the film, you know, as if you're, you're standing in this particular location. And it takes the learner on that journey as if they were there. Um, this is this is you know it, it, in in, in um, you know it, the best example. Uh, it, the Nile precinct, um, as well as having the screen area, there's also a room that is available for breaking out into a discussion deliberation. So that after students have seen the film, we can go and un unpack it in a small group and connect to the weekly discussion questions that that we've got there after seeing it. Mm. And I noticed with that room, it is circular and people are facing each other. So it does really uh, lend itself to some robust discussion and um, conversations around things like uh, footprint of the media, which I mean, it would be quite contentious, I would imagine, and what you're actually choosing and what the impacts are, uh, not just the output, I suppose. It's, it's a really interesting one. And um, I've had different cohorts going through, Jane, and I found that one cohort, they 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 came in and um, they sat down and they watched really quietly. And I had another group came in and they were wandering around and they were looking at the screen and, you know, they, they did chat. And then afterwards, rather than quietly going out, this group sat on the floor and they were like, why have I never heard of this? Before? Yeah. Why haven't we, we learnt this at school? Um, and so, you know, because it, it now seems like such an everyday issue, you know, environmental impacts of their everyday devices that they're connected to almost 20 women. Yeah. Why haven't we thought about, you know, as, as you say, the footprint, the implications, you know, the privacy implications, the security implications, how we share, are they 
conscious of um, the way that messages might be de- delivered to them and the effects and affects of mm. that. But it's a lot of fun and the reactions have been different um, for sure. Wow. It's, it, in any case, um, it's always sparked discussion. I can I can only imagine. It sounds exciting. I actually want to enrol in it, <laughs> just based upon what you're saying, and just the things that because we think about technology, and I know there's a lot of discussion around the environmental impacts of AI, for instance. You know, um, and the new technologies. It's fun. It's exciting. You see these flashy new things, but what is under the hood, and what does it actually mean for an industry? What does it mean for the environment and the society? There's some other things that need to be considered, which is what you're talking about. Today oh, as well. Absolutely. And, and this is where it's critically important because it's not a situation where society has an idea of how to make a better, more affordable, more functional tool. It's mm. the tool becomes immersed in mainstream society and then it's okay, gosh, how do we deal with this? And so regulation is frequently playing catch up or the implications often become known after a period of time and so being critically aware and engaging with this early on is important and as you say it's not just for university students while we get into it deeply and do these deep readings for example um, critically discuss and and work through the key ideas through assignment tasks Mm. this is something that touches the lives of everybody. Mm. That's interesting it touches the lives of everyone I like that because it actually does. <laughs> it's it's so true. Um, so you mentioned around that 360 degree video that you did. If not everyone has the capability or capacity to actually do the 360 degree video, are there any other ways you've talked about discussion and um, critically engaging with text? Are there any other ways that you teach those threshold concepts or is it mainly through the 360 video? Yeah, that's a really good point. So the affordances that we've got, um, unfortunately, we only have the Nile in the 360 at the Geelong mm. campus. So I'm hoping that there's going to be a real move to bring that to the Deakin Burwood campus mm-hmm. as well. And if we can get it Waterford, it'd be fantastic because, at, you know, as we were talking about, it's great to get out into a different space. To, different to space. And I think that the newness of it can tr- stimulate the, 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 that critical thinking that we're hoping the students will have, and not just the critical thinking but mm. the creative thinking as well that, that works yes. tandem. However, for those that are not able to be in the space, we have rendered it um, the, the film so that it can be viewable on a screen viewer. And what that means is on a mobile phone, yes, irony of ironies, but, you know, as much as we, you know, critique the technology, it's, it's, it's a great affordance for accessing it as well. So Absolutely. it can be accessed on the phone and this can be in a cardboard headset so it can be worn similar to a 360 um immersive uh, viewable experience or just in the 3d through deacon air so it is available in that manner as well Mm -hmm. Um, and and for other academics that are keen to use the technology i'm happy to talk to them about this Um, it's a lot of fun i've really enjoyed the process of doing it sounds like Um, it yeah, and, and a great thing, you know, Aubrey Cobden in, in um, communication and creative arts is 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 a great support there as well. So you mentioned around uh, it enables critical thinking and also creative thinking. How do you facilitate that in students? Because one of the things, I've done a series of podcasts around AI and one of the biggest concerns is around the ability to creatively think and critically think about outputs as well. So how do you teach your students to think in a particular way or question things and think creatively. Thank you. I'm hoping that the offering the Nile experience gives the students a way 
to understand the key threshold concepts early mm. on, to appreciate how interdisciplinary the topic they're researching or they're studying is because we draw on so many different readers and we also point to those that are working creatively in the space to unpack the same issue just in a different way and so the assessment tasks are driven in in different ways to offer students the capacity to do a critical essay or to do a creative option and to spark that creative option what I had done prior to COVID was to um, encapsulate the teaching trimester in um, a, a particular artist, you know, it can, it can be um, one year we had um, Jun um, Paik inspired exhibition and it was entitled Media Ecologies and Media Futures. And the students um, were required to create their final assessment task as either a short story or a creative film. And then they would help to curate an exhibition to celebrate the end of the trimester. And so we, shared the journey of um, that learning about the media ecologies, looking at the history, the past, the present of media technologies, the ecologies and the various possibilities through visioning the future possible and thinking about the future of our media, media environments. And that was one particular theme. And so to foster the students on that creative journey as practitioners, we had um, a number of these creative works then as practice-led research towards the public presentation wow. in Deacon's Phoenix Gallery. And so they produced the work, we curated it, and then we had a celebratory um, event and we um, uh, had uh, dressed the scene for them. We were talking about the environment, so we brought in trees and plants and then we used screens in amongst that. And we even had students that were doing um, spoken pieces. We had poetry reading. Um, We had students that did creative work. I've got some of the creative work behind me of the screen, unfortunately, but um, visual images that students came up with to think about what could be quite a dry subject, you know, media and technology. And, you know, if you think of the science fiction dystopian version that it mm. could be um, to, to creatively celebrate that with with particular work so this is where I've used the feedback to try to think about different things that the students would enjoy and engage with through different assessment and learning tasks. That's amazing. Like I was just thinking as you were talking, I'm like, how are you coming up with all these ideas and thinking about new ways of engaging? And you just said it's listening to the students and what they want and then iterating. So it's an iterative development um, side of things, which is fabulous as well. Do you find it hard or cumbersome to um, iterate it in this way because you're on the forefront, I suppose, around digital technologies, digital communication, and there's um, new things coming up all the time. So how do you keep abreast of everything that's happening? Um, it's it's not onerous. Um, it is something that I'm incredibly interested in. And so that is my teaching research and advocacy yep. nexus. It's it's all working in one. So, yeah. uh, for example, um, uh, if I do a peer review, I get the great privilege of reading, you know, the, the, the latest work um, with some technologies. And, and one of them this week was around digital forensics and new tools for digital forensics. And wow you know, scraping data. Uh, this is fantastic. This is going to be a great reading for the students. So that goes straight into the, the cloud unit sites, for example, yes. to unpack. Um, and so it's, it, it, it does constantly involve. Having said that, it's, it's um, not looking to new media gadgets, which mm. I think is quite different. I, my sense is that we've got tools yes. and we've always had tools. It's just the way we apply these tools in different ways. Um, yes. Is it, it, To me, that 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 seems important and not 
saying that, you know, this is the wonderful shiny utopian thing that's going to solve all our problems, but how do we make it work for us? And you mentioned AI, and that's another critical example at the moment. Yeah. How do we take this tool and, and help it to work for us? Of course, there yeah. are that are saying that um, it might not work for us. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, humans have been resilient and creative for a very long time. So, you know, it is bringing that, that the, the best of the thinking to think through the issues and find solutions that we can, you know, work on together. Absolutely. And provide that premium teaching experience and learning experience, because I know we focus on the students a lot, but it's also the teaching experience as well. And if we think about even if going back to the AI example, what the examples were in January versus now, it's evolved so much and so quickly. And people are thinking of different ways and creative ways to use things like chat, chat GPT, um, you know, so as you said, humans are resilient and they are creative and they'll continue to be so regardless of the tools that are out there um, and things will continue to evolve. As you're saying, you're keeping abreast of things by peer reviewing and being part of a community of practice essentially and you're so passionate about it and it really comes through which is really exciting uh, to hear so thank you for that thanks Joan no and I finally I'd just like to know um, what are the impacts from a student perspective uh, that you've seen after taking a digital communication so, After taking digital media in communication, sorry. <laughs> so um, I, I looked um, informally for feedback and students' um, feedback from the unit suggests that the content being taught through the immersive 360 film for the threshold concepts really did impact on them so um some of the students and i'm quoting here said i found that having the theories the concepts and ideas in the film helped visualize these and to really get immersed in the content another student said that it could be longer i really enjoyed watching it which is fantastic because we aim typically for no more than seven minutes and so the film was still engaged and still wanting more was fabulous so i'll take that on board and i'm happy to make that longer in in um other iterations of the film other students said it makes us pay attention more than usual presentations so okay am I boring maybe yeah. <laughs> I like to feel more quite possibly so that's fine you know whatever works and I don't student, think it will be boring just by what I'm hearing <laughs> and another student said that it was um visually impressive and it, and they did like the immersive aspect of it and so a number were saying that they were learning a lot and others said that it was fun well who said learning can't be fun well, that's exactly right. Well, it sounds like you're getting really positive feedback, which is fabulous, and that you're iterating it anyway. So it's all constructive at the end of the day. So I'd just like to thank you so much, time, so much, um, Toya, for talking to me about what you're doing in digital communication, in digital media, um, and around media ecology, which is a term I haven't heard before, and and thinking about um, the ecology of technology in teaching and learning. So thank you for your time today. And just before we go, have you got any lasting comments or anything else you'd like to share with the audience? If anyone is interested in teaching in um, the 360 space, give it a go. Um, I'm happy to speak to anyone that, that wants to try it out for themselves and um, it, it can be, you know, something that um, w- can work for them and it's, it's, it's a great thing to do. Thanks for the opportunity, Joan. It was great to talk to you about this. 